This episode is brought to you by Levitt Pavilion. This summer, check out one of my favorite outdoor concert venues in Denver, Levitt Pavilion. May through October, Levitt is offering ticketed and totally free all-ages concerts. I feel like we just go to anything that's free because it's like the kids can be at the show and it's people aren't weird about it and you can like bring a picnic. It's awesome. Some of the free shows this season include Iskali, Melvin Seals, War and Treaty, Sunny War, Charlie Tuna, and more. To RSVP for free shows and buy tickets, plus see the full concert schedule, go to levittdenver.org. That's levittdenver.org. Hey, before we get to today's conversation, I have a favor to ask. CityCast is surveying our listeners to help make CityCast Denver a better, more useful podcast for you. Please go to citycast.fm forward slash survey to take the survey. It's only five minutes long. We timed it. That's citycast.fm forward slash survey. When you take the survey, you'll also be eligible to win a $250 Visa gift card. Thanks. Today on CityCast Denver, some of the best places to eat in the city don't look like anything special. But once you know, you'll find yourself going back again and again. This summer, we're hopping into the mobile recording studio, a.k.a. the car, and going on a search for these hidden gems with our pal, Westward Food Editor Molly Martin. Since it's the last day of Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month, we're visiting a Szechuan spot on Colorado Boulevard and talking about all the AAPI restaurants we love all year round. Today is Wednesday, May 31st. I'm Bree Davies, and here's what Denver's talking about. Well, we're outside Noodle Noodle Express. I thought it was Noodles Me Express. Me too. I just said it on the phone and realized I said noodles and that's wrong. <laughs> it's Noodle Express. Uh, we're in a pretty janky shopping center in the Belcaro neighborhood. It's the Belcaro King Supers, if any of you are familiar. Old school Denverites will know it's across from the former Celebrity Sports Center. Uh, but we're here to try Noodle Express with our friend Molly Martin from Westward. Hi, Molly. Hello. And I've got Peyton Garcia, newsletter editor, resident foodie in the car. Hey. Molly, um, tell us a little bit about Noodle Express. Sure. So Noodle Express opened right before everything shut down when the pandemic happened. One of those stories. One of those stories. Um, it also has a name that would lead you to believe it might be a chain that does some kind of indiscriminate Noodle. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Not very descriptive. <laughs> so I don't think it got a lot of attention for a million different reasons when it opened. Um, but I heard about it from Laura Shunk, who used to be the food critic at Westward and who lived in China for, I think, a year um, at one point. And so she's very tuned into the Chinese food scene here. And she said, hey, you have to go to this place in this weird shopping center off Colorado Boulevard. They're doing some really awesome Szechuan stuff. And I love that you said, she said to you, you have to go to this restaurant in a weird strip mall <laughs> because that feels like a lot of our food yeah. that's really good yes. is like random. <laughs> Peyton, you know this. like Yeah, I would I would totally argue, especially when it comes to like ethnic food, uh, Mexican food especially. I prefer my Mexican food to come out of a hole in the wall named tacos, tacos, tacos. <laughs> Noodle, you know, Express. Like, Noodle Express. That's, that's where you get the best Mexican food. I argue Brighton has the best Mexican food because it's all just random. You know, you're buying tamales from a girl selling them out of a shoebox. Like, 
Yeah. And this place definitely has that vibe. Yeah. And I love a place like that, too. So she told me about it, and I wrote it on my list (laughs) that sits by my desk of places I should get to at some point. And months went by, and I didn't go. And one day I said, okay, this is the day I'm going to go. And I came, and it was, I think, January last year, um, or maybe early February last year. I loved it. I wrote about it. The story came out and suddenly I start getting emails from people saying, hey, I heard that place is going to close next week. And I was like, that is a real bummer because what a gem this is. And what could I do but just say, hey, we should like go, go to this place. So I was like blasting on social media. There are some Facebook groups I know that were doing the same. Um, and people really rallied around it. It was going to close. It was supposed to close last February 24th. That was like a Tuesday. The weekend before, they just were jammed. Um, I got pictures from friends who came in and were sending me like stacks of tickets sitting on the counter. Mark Antonation, the old food editor, tried to come and they had to close early because they ran out of food. By the, by the day before that they were supposed to close, the owner confirmed they weren't going to close. That is so awesome. That people's support mattered. Gave them, yeah, mattered and, and gave them that extra push to try it. So they were able to renegotiate their lease with King Supers. And they're still here. So I guess we just dine there. We're sitting in the car post-meal. I'm very full. No about you guys. <laughs> oh, yeah. Coma status. Very f- family style. We uh, Let's go through what we got. We tried a little bit of everything. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So we had, let's start with the homestyle cabbage. Tell me a little bit about what was in that, Molly. So they do vegetable dishes really well here. They have a number that are kind of on the more Szechuan spicy side. This was on the sweeter side. I hadn't tried this one before, but it was nice. Kind of big pieces of like sauteed cabbage and kind of a sweet brown sauce. Um, I enjoyed it. Yeah, the sauce was great. It was a little salty too. I liked yeah. that, the salty mm-hmm. sweet. And it wasn't too spicy. It had peppers in it, but it wasn't too spicy. Mm-hmm. And, and it was really hearty. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that you convinced me, Molly, that cabbage is worth a try. <laughs> Give cabbage was, a chance. I was really skeptical. <laughs> also, in our, our vegetarian our order, we got the mapo tofu. Well, which isn't really vegetarian because there's oh, ground pork not. in it. Mm, you missed, sorry I think about you that. missed that preview conversation. <laughs> <Never mind. laughs> but I like that it's ground pork and tofu because so often it's just like tofu is the side thing you do for mm-hmm. the vegetarian. Yeah. And yeah. in reality, it can be something mixed with other things. Yep. That was good and spicy and not vegetarian. (laughs) Were the Dan Dan noodles vegetarian? No. They had had pork in them too, right? Yeah. Okay. Just want to make sure. Also spicy. (laughs) Okay. All right. Wow. Brie, you thought that was spicy. Yeah. This is a, I mean, it's special, specialty is Szechuan, which is known for spicy. For spice. We also got Chongqing chicken. I'm Mm -hmm. sorry if I butchered that, Um, which Essentially, basically, a, yeah, Szechuan fried chicken. So if anyone's yeah. been to Hot Valley, the La GZ that they do there, same same concept. Same Which idea. is better, Molly? Because I, I have not been to Hot Valley. Um, crazy enough. Better, different. I mean, they're pretty similar, actually. This one's bone-in, which um, can throw some people off, I think. Totally. Um, well, because it's bone-in, but then it's chopped. Yeah, tiny so little pieces. don't necessarily know it's bone-in <laughs> until you hit that bone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So that was a little surprising. Yeah. For sure. But definitely similar similar flavor profiles. Like the crispy. It was so crispy mm-hmm. and a little yeah. salty. That was, was good. Nice. Um, and then lastly, Brie, we got <laughs> sesame chicken. <laughs> we from ordered, the... I, I ordered from the section of the menu called America's Popular. <laughs> yep. Which is all things I would you eat. You know, though, I want to say, I think it's valid to have somebody like you go to a place like this with us. Who has no taste in Yeah. I mean, what was that experience like? 
for you. No, but I'm just saying what was <laughs> that experience like for you? And I'm saying that because I, I think Chinese food is something or really just Asian food is something that can be really unapproachable to people, at least authentic Asian food yeah, can be super unapproachable. And I don't know. And I have to say, I don't know a ton of China is a large country. I don't know about <laughs> the cuisine representation here very well because in my neighborhood, it's predominantly Vietnamese food. So that would be the thing I know a little bit better. And I, when it comes to Chinese food, I'm the takeout Chinese food guy, mm-hmm. which is a lot of people, yeah. right? Like and, um, there's American Chinese food is American great. Chinese food. I mean, right. it's awesome. When you want it, you want it. That's what you want. There's a million great things about it. And it's smart that they have that here too, because you have to have broad appeal, but But I I, I appreciate that they had it on there, but I also think it's cool that it was not the dominant part Mm -hmm. of the menu, right? It was kind of like a tiny section that just says America's (laughs) popular. But then there's all of these other things that I had never seen before. So, yeah, I agree. I thought it was also it's really hard to do sesame chicken wrong. It was great. (laughs) Oh, I've been to places that do it wrong. Yeah. I've been to true. bad. I've, been, I've had bad China. Places. I guess the, the place that I go is uh, New China on Alameda and Pearl, and it's the best takeout Chinese food I've ever had. Yeah. So New China's great. They <laughs> they don't. There's I don't. They've never messed anything up um, in my life, and I've eaten there a million times. But this was good. I thought um, it, it is. It was helpful to have you, Molly, though, because you need somebody to help you walk through the menu if you're the America's popular it guy. It can be intimidating because I think your eyes go to things like intestine and feet and you're, and you're like, it's that's a, that's a high bar of entry for a lot of people. Um, but there's plenty of things on there that are super approachable. We didn't get it today, but I love the Szechuan, like broiled fish, which a lot of Szechuan places have. Um, so, Molly, how would you, I'm just curious, like, because it can be so intimidating, like, what's your advice to people like Brie if they go into a restaurant like this? How do you order and get something that's maybe not America's popular? I mean, it's never a bad idea to ask the people working there what they would recommend to you. I mean, I, I find that they're, especially if you walk in and you obviously seem intimidated and unfamiliar, they're going to steer you towards things that are popular on their menu and that they think that you're going to like. I mean, they want you to like the food. So it gets totally fine to engage in conversation with someone. You can also do a little research beforehand and see, you know, that's kind of was my, when I started to get familiar, more familiar with this, I went with other people who knew and did the same thing we just did. Said, you tell me when to order, where do we start? And yeah, but I mean, with all food, right? You just kind of have to dive in and start to figure out what you like and don't like. <laughs> I love that point, though, that seems very obvious, but they're not going to steer you towards, they want you to eat mm-hmm. there. Yeah, they want you to eat there. They want you to like it. They want you so to come back. So they're not going to throw you to the yeah. intestine noodles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can they're I also shout like... out our server? She was great. She was great. Yeah, she, she was, was so sweet. awesome. <laughs> I really liked her. Um, but I would say the cabbage was a great start for me. Yeah. Vegetables are a great place to start, I would say, with Chinese cuisine. Um, they tend to be, like, more flavor-packed than you expect them to be. It's a nice way to have a surprising vegetable. <laughs> well, and, like, the adventuresome part, to me, comes with the different parts of animals, and I'm just not, <laughs> I'm just not there. Yeah. I'm just not there. But that's also my extremely America's popular idea of, like, yeah. what I like in Well, food. a lot of the thing, I think, with the eating different parts of animals that you're not familiar with is a texture thing yes. for a lot of people. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Which I think is valid. Like, those are textures you have to get used to. It's just a matter of trying it, maybe. This episode is brought to you by the Colorado Wine Board. 
because the wine community here is like surprisingly robust. I mean, think about Bigsby's Folly and Infinite Monkey Theorem here in Denver alone. And there are urban wineries all across the Front Range. Then there's the Western Slope, Peonia, I mean, Palisade, hello, Palisade Wine, are you kidding me? It didn't used to really be a thing, but from what I hear, it's very much a thing now. There are more than 165 wineries across Colorado to explore, and they produce all sorts of wine that reflect our unique culture and climate. So finding a label that you're going to love is easy, no matter where your adventure takes you. Discover it for yourself and support local winemakers at coloradowine.com. That's coloradowine.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Well, it's great that this restaurant is, you know, open and staying open um, because it was really delicious. But we kind of wanted to know, Molly, how does it feel to be a part of this restaurant's store? I mean, do you feel like you kind of played a big part in In a way, a little bit, but like that feels like too much. Like there were so many people that rallied around it. Um, It certainly wasn't just me, but I had a platform to help. And that, yes, felt really good because so many times I have to write about places closing. And it was so cool to be able to see like real positive action come from writing a story. And um, but I want to shout out and I and I think we can talk about um, a story that our my my intern, my current intern, Sandra Vogue, just wrote um, about a guy named Adam Yu. And so this guy, I'm in a Facebook group called Crazy Hungry Asians um, that someone (laughs) recommended to me a while ago. And he is in there all the time. I see his name all the time. He seems to know about everything. I believe the person who first told me Noodles Express was going to close had gotten their information from him. So I've always been so curious about him and what his background is. And Sandra did a story on him and um he is he's um Taiwanese he uh moved here he started uh working for the IRS in accounting. But because we are a city that doesn't have a Chinatown, he was feeling this real disconnect, like we were lacking a place for people of Chinese heritage to connect with each other. And so he took it upon himself to start doing that through a a variety of things, the Facebook group, um, but he also blogs, his blog called Denver Chinese Source. And he has also compiled this really cool Asian food map called the Asian Restaurant Guide on his blog, that where he lists uh, uh, all types of Asian restaurants. And so if people are looking for other more Asian restaurants to support any time of the year or just to go try something new, that is an amazing resource. I love that. I'd love for us to share that because that would be a great way. Sometimes it's geography. It's just like, where am I in the city? Mm-hmm. What do well, I And we've try? talked about how things are so spread out here and you often, because we don't have a Chinatown, because we don't, you know, have those places where you can go and just, you know, have easy access, walk into anywhere and know it's going to be good. You have to seek them out in Denver. And, you need um, a little guidance yeah. sometimes. And that's okay because then you find cool Szechuan cooking right by Target on Colorado right. Boulevard. Totally. When they're <laughs> hidden in little strip malls with yeah. really nondescript names. Yep. You know? Yeah. So we, you mentioned this, but it's AAPI um, Heritage Month. And this we tend to talk about food a lot when we talk about um, this community, this diaspora mm-hmm. of folks. Um, are there other places that you like, Pay, that you would like to shout out for folks to try just in general? Yeah. You know, when well, we're talking about AAPI I, um, food. I was thinking into the places here that I really like and 
uh, turns out I have kind of a tendency to go to Thai places. <laughs> as I, feel like. um, I won't go on and on about this because longtime <laughs> listeners and readers already know my favorite Thai restaurant in the city, which is Chata Thai. Um, I don't know if you could really count that as a hole in the wall or I don't know. It's small and it's it's over on 17th and it's great. I love it so much. It's one of the oldest Thai places in the city. They claim to be one of the first Thai places in the nation. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they could possibly know that, <laughs> but um, so good. Um, and then I was thinking of ramen because I was thinking noodles and I've never been to Uncle, which I know is like insane. It's just one of those <laughs> things where it's so popular. Like you really have to make a whole thing of going there, especially for me if I, if I have to drive into yeah, the city to, to drive do it. Into the city. So I just wanted to shout out to all my fellow suburbians out there um i like 303 ramen it's in arvada have you been there molly i have not it's very very good super delicious i think one of the better ramen places in the suburbs so those are my two underappreciated restaurants that i wanted to shout out okay what do you think molly i know i'm staring at my list which is probably longer than it needs to be but (laughs) (laughs) i was i was first i was thinking about other spots for szechuan cuisine yeah because it's a thing we don't have a ton of which is when this place was going to close i was so sad because we had just lost blue ocean which was down in the tech center where the owner made did the hand-pulled noodles which was (gasps) and they were so good and i still think about them all the time um (laughs) so i was happy when this place stayed open but we also have szechuan tasty house on evans um they did did cut down some of their Szechuan dishes in the last year, but they're still amazing. Um, there's also a place called Meet and Eat Bistro, which is on Hamden, kind of almost to Aurora on Hamden. Um, used to be a place called Mr. Howe, but now it's Meet and Eat. They have some awesome Szechuan stuff. Um, and then I also wanted to to shout out a couple of places where they're second generation kids of immigrants who are now kind of combining their experience with what their parents made with their American experience, yeah. which I think are such cool places. So Meta Asian Kitchen was in Avanti and recently moved into Honor Farm, um, which is on Blake Street. And there, oh, wait, is that the old Pueblo? It yeah. was the, the old Pueblo, Pueblo bar. bar. Pueblo Bar, and by old Pueblo Bar. It was a bar that was there for like for like six months. Yeah, now they've like embraced the building's haunted history because it used to be the Blake Street Vault. That's right. They still have the vault in the basement, but Meta's now Meta Asian Kitchen are now doing the food out of their kitchen, and they're also going to open a brick and mortar called Mac Fam in Baker. Um, They're working on that now, hoping to open this year. Um, So they're doing some really cool stuff. And then who moved into their spot in Avanti when they left is Foking Rapidos, of course. Yeah, who was they were a food truck and now are over at Avanti and are also working on opening a brick and mortar with Penelope Wong from Yuan Wonton and then an artisan bakery called Sweets and Sourdough. So, I saw that uh, Foking Rapidos posted the other day when they opened Avanti, they were out of food before the lunch rush. <laughs> so yeah. you really got to plan your trip. Yeah. A lot of cool stuff happening on the on the Asian cuisine scene. Um, oh my God, so much. Molly, I want to ask you about um, Cork. Yes. Oh, yeah. The food What's hall. this all about? Yeah. So that's down south, south, as in like almost Little to Parker Tim. Road. Oh, that far. Yeah. <laughs> like Arapaho and almost Parker, essentially. Um, and so it's an Asian food hall. It's owned. Um, it's owned by a guy who's hoping to have it be like a kind of more diverse food hall. It really ended up being mostly pretty much all Korean places that are in there right now. Still super cool place to go and explore. Um, So you walk in, there are all these stalls, but you order at a front counter. So all the menus are at the front counter. You order in one place and then each stall will serve up to you. But they have all kinds of different things in there and it's just kind of a cool place to go. Share a lot of different things with a group. try that. Yeah, that looks really good. I'd heard too that... um 
I thought that they were turning the old Broadway market space into like an Asian food when hall. When it wasn't really going to be a food hall, it was more like a virtual yeah, food like hall. A, I think they were calling it like a virtual kitchen. Yeah. Like a ghost kitchen? Kind, mm-hmm. yes. Like yeah. a ghost kitchen hybrid food hall thing. But it doesn't seem like that has come to fruition. There's a for lease sign back on the building now, huh. so Such it doesn't look like that's actually Okay, happening. so go to Cork for your Asian food <laughs> go hall. Go to Cork. For, yeah. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I'm just like old school. I have to say Tommy's Thai was the first place I ever had Thai food, and it's still one of my go-tos, but I have to drive across town to get there because in my neighborhood, I have Saigon Bowl, New Saigon. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tiwa was one of the oldest ones, been gone for many years, but... uh, Try to think what else. I I mean, Fa Dewey, yeah, Fa ninety six. There's so many. There's House. so many. Our Asian food scene Calboba. is stellar. I mean, so, <laughs> honestly, so much. Um, I could go on and on, but I wanted to give one more little shout out for something on on topic that um, Asian Restaurant Week happened for the first time this yeah, year. That's yeah, that's right. And they just announced it's coming back next year. It was so popular it was and such so a hit popular. that they're going to bring it back, probably bigger and better next year. So. Be it was also one of those things that was like, <laughs> how did we not have this before? Yeah, I'm so glad it makes that so it much happened. Sense. So next year, this is going to be April 28th to May 4th, 2024. So That's great. That'll be um, a fun time. I want to <laughs> share, um, someone wrote in, so we had a, a listener write in, and I'm sorry, I hope I'm saying this right, Mylin, I believe is how you pronounce their name. Um, but they wrote in with a couple of recommendations, and I'm sorry if I'm going to butcher these again. <laughs> Fa Hong on Federal. They said, lots of folks go to Star Kitchen for dim sum, but they have a small selection of popular dim sum dishes without the weight. You order off of the menu. They don't have carts like they do at other restaurants. I like the turnip cake, shrimp rice noodle crepe, and steamed shrimp dumpling off the dim sum menu, and also a pork wonton and egg noodle soup. Ooh. Then Mylin also recommends Tea Cafe, I think is how you say it. Oh, on Broadway? Mm-hmm. A Vietnamese coffee shop co-owned by three Vietnamese-American sisters. I don't have a particular beverage I get every time. It changes depending on my mood, but I highly recommend the baked goods they offer, specifically their Bon Pate Chad, a puff pastry meat pie filled with pork, and their Bon Cam, a sesame ball. They have great design elements in their coffee shop and just had a really fun anime week recently. They have a daily themed drink specials and cute macaron. Ma- <laughs> I was just going to say, it's a very Instagrammy <laughs> coffee shop, and I don't mean that in a derogatory way. They're like, yeah. I got the flan yeah. iced coffee, and it's just like in this beautiful, like, bubble container with this little beautiful tag yeah. that hangs off the side. It's oh just like gosh. a good we looking drink. We could do drink. a whole, honestly, episode on just like Asian beverage places. Oh, seriously. Really like, good like, looking the bubble drinks. tea that's coming, like bubble tea places everywhere. It's just like, a, that's a whole world of. <laughs> that's a whole other show. <laughs> a whole world of beverages out there. <laughs> I love it. Well, Peyton, Molly, thank you so much. Thank yeah. you. And here's what else Denverites are talking about. Dozens. The classic mile-high breakfast spot where you could catch politicians, judges, and media types has been closed for nearly a year after a kitchen fire. Business Den reports that the 25-year-old restaurant now plans to relocate to 14th and Tremont in the old greedy hamster space. Owner John England says to expect dozens to return in the next six months or so. I personally can't wait to enjoy a DTC with scrambled eggs and a whole French press of coffee all to myself. And finally, the new owners of Lake Steam Baths have revealed more of their plans for the West Colfax Institution. Denverite reports that despite the name of their development company, Boom Car Wash LLC, the owners are not planning to demolish the baths and build a car wash. 
Instead, it sounds like they want to build a five-story, 58-unit boutique hotel with some new version of the old baths on the first floor. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell Boom Car Wash LLC about us? Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our morning newsletter, Hey Denver, by texting Denver to 66866. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. See you later. It's germ. Oh, God. It's just like, it's like the only thing worse is carpet in a kitchen. I'm like, oh, this is for people that don't cook. Okay. Got it. Gross.